Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another show. This episode was wow to me. I had such a great time with Crystal, who is our guest. Now, I don't want to say too much, but the information that she gave to me to share with you is invaluable. If you are someone who is looking to just get started in writing, to start your own writing, what do I call it? Oh my goodness, I don't even know. I'm just excited about this. I don't know if you can tell, but like, I, I just want to get right to the episode. But like I said, if you just want to get into writing or if you are knee deep in writing and you want to do more, say you want to write a book. There are so many people that want to write a book. Most people have a story within them already that they are dying to get out there and share and they have no idea. I dove into so many questions with Crystal. It was just phenomenal and she was eye-opening And it made it seem like writing a book could be a lot easier than we all believe it could be. I mean, she gave me information that only the insiders could possibly know. So let's get right into the interview with Crystal because I am dying to share this with you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another show. This is Lauren Jean, your host. And today I have on the phone with me Crystal Lee Quabell. She is going to go into what it is she does because everyone knows that I don't do the introductions. I like my guests to do them for themselves. So Crystal, um, let's not put any more time off. Let's go right into what you do. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You can share a story. You can go right into what you do. Um, Tell us about your family, whatever you want. This is your time to just tell us about yourself. Well, thanks, Lauren. Uh, My name is Crystal Lee, and I am an author. I'm working on my very first memoir, and it's been quite an experience. So with everything that I've learned through the writing process and costly mistakes I've made, you know, I'm really passionate about creating a sacred writing practice and finding people to keep you accountable and just really navigating the process with a little more magic and a little less stress and worry. So that's kind of my main thing. And uh, I love to coach people on their books, how to get them written, outline them. And I'm particularly passionate about memoir because I feel like there's so much to be learned in a true story, something that's really happened to somebody. And there's such a gift when you write it, too, in how healing it can be. So that's you know, the main thing that I do. And, and I'm a witchy, sort of witchy woman, you know, I really love connecting with the elements and bringing that into my writing practice as well. And so for me, it's just this all encompassing, my whole life is books and writing and interviewing authors. And I just, I love it so much. So that's my, that's my main gig. (laughs) That's so cool. Tell us, how did you, how did you get into this? Like, this is obviously something that lights you up inside. Like, is this something that came from maybe something that happened in your life? Or have you always loved to do this since a child? Um, I've always wanted to write really. And it's always been one of those things where it was a hobby. And as much as I wanted to write, you know, writers aren't paid a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) unless you get the elusive six-figure book deal, which is rare. And so for me, I kept doing 
everything but writing. You know, I, I became a cake decorator and then I worked in insurance and I waitressed and I just picked every job that was soul sucking for me. (laughs) (laughs) And the part that I liked about every job was when I got to write a blog about it or, you know, write some copy for an ad or something. So I really found that that kind of led me towards it. And then just really dealing with a lot of uh, trauma that I dealt with in my childhood. And I just began writing, you know, journals. And then I thought, you know, I really want to tell my story. And so I began, I just began by going to a writing retreat. And then I found there's a lot of people in any industry, I'm sure, that will take advantage of someone new. And I just felt like I was spending all this money to have people help me edit my work and and write my book. And the power was within me all along. So for me, I got really inspired to help other writers and to interview authors and say, what did you learn? You know, what was it like to get published? What are all the behind the scenes things that people don't tell an aspiring writer? You know, and to hopefully save them at ton of money in the process. Yeah, that's so cool. And I would just want to back up a little when you said soul sucking, because I <laughs> feel like, you know, the, my audience for this show is, you know, mostly, mostly parents, I have to say, um, who a lot of them have soul sucking jobs. Now, maybe it's not mm. that extreme, <laughs> but I really feel like a lot of people aren't doing what they're you know, meant to do what is drawn to them. You know, so many of us feel like we have to have this job just to bring in the money. And yes, of course we do. But then Mm -hmm. there's all about really searching out what you feel like you were, I want to say, brought on this planet to do. So you're like a perfect example of that. You sort of, you know, went through everything. And in the end, you really love to write. And you found a way to do that. That can be done in anything. I really feel like any hobby in quotes, can be turned into what you do for a living. Absolutely. You know, and it's just, it's so inspiring to talk to you and so many of my other guests who have a similar kind of story where, you know, they've been through so many different things and they always end up doing what they really love to do with a lot of work in the background. Mm -hmm. So that's so cool, but... Yeah, I really love the idea of what you do because there are so many people out there and not just coaches and people who want to, um, I should say, not just not just coaches because there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who want to write a book. They have a story in them yeah, and they just don't know how to go about it. So what you do, I find, is pretty rare because you don't see a lot of people out there doing that. There's, there's many other coaches but I don't come across many coaches who do exactly what you do. So that that's so cool. And I'm just looking at your website right now. Thank I love you. it. I love it. It's so pretty. And the way your name is written on there, I love it. It's just, uh, it kind of draws me in. And I think because I love like the black and white and mm-hmm. the witchy type look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So well, it's just, uh, it's fun. Yeah. You know, life should be magical. And I think we kind of lose that as we grow up. And, and for me, especially, I mean, I really, really struggled. And so I didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a writer. It came after, you know, 10 different jobs. You know, I was a single teen mother on welfare at one point, and And I just hustled. I never stopped hustling. I, I began selling stuff on eBay. 
Um, I would buy stuff at the dollar store or on discount racks, and then I'd, you know, craft a story. So really, the writing came in then. I would craft the story and make this amazing sort of bio to sell these sell these things. So it worked for me very well. <laughs> so I, I just evolved from that. And, you know, there were lots of times I got knocked down and lots of times, you know, where, you know, I would lose a job and I'd be like, oh gosh, you know, how are we going to make it this month? And I was very fortunate that I met my husband and he's very secure in his career. And so now he's very supportive of, of me as I do the starving artist thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned is we don't have to starve either. You know, there's a way for me to make money while I write my book as well. And just, you know, it's really it's really difficult to find what you're passionate about and make money doing it, I think, sometimes. And it's scary. It's scary to take that leap. So, you know, my advice for anybody would be that you can do to help support your dream and uh, don't quit your day job right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Work, work with it on the side. <laughs> yep, there are ways to do it. Like if you're passionate about something, you're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You are going to make it happen, you know. And um, yeah, you really have to have that fire inside of you. And if it's just not there, then maybe that's not the right thing. But it mm. looks like you found your thing. And that's so cool. It really is so cool. I love talking to people like you who are just, you. you know – have their thing and they have such a strong story behind it and you know you just go with it it's like blood sweat and tears to get to it but it's exciting all at the same time it is it really (laughs) is because you know it's like you don't want to stop it's a passion whether you're making money or not it's still something you really enjoy doing which makes it so much more rewarding I think anyway Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, when I started my podcast, I knew nobody. I barely had any sort of platform going for me. And I just started reaching out to the authors that I admired the most. Like I literally just emailed them and I'm like, hey, I read your book. I think it's fantastic. I want to interview you about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Surprisingly, almost all of them said yes. So you don't know until you ask, right? Yeah, you got to put yourself out there. You really have to put yourself out there. And I know, and tell me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people, I feel, a lot of entrepreneurs have who have their own business or they have a passion they're trying to turn into something are very much introverted. And we like to hide behind a computer, yes. do our thing, <laughs> and crowds scare us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so doing this is where we get our energy, but you have to put yourself out there. And that doesn't mean that you have to go in and meet people, but it means that you have to get on there and maybe get on the phone, like what we're doing right now, and actually speak to the person. Because you can't really get a feel for someone, like who they are, just by sending them a message or an email, you know? Exactly. And I think, you know, we're in this sort of society now where we're so disconnected. We've never been able to connect more through social media, but we're also very disconnected in person. And especially for introverts, it's really difficult. But I can say for me, you know, I have 
I can be extroverted, but I really need my quiet time and my in time. And when I when I reached out to authors, I just bit the bullet and said, can I just get you on the phone for five to 10 minutes? And I found that really helped me because it made them comfortable with me and I became comfortable with them. And then we would schedule our interview and, and it just kind of opened up the communication a little more. You know, people can hear your voice and hear the tone and inflection and it's just something you can't do over email and text. Yeah, and a lot of things through email and text can be misread. You know, you don't know what someone the feeling behind that. And when you exactly. talk to someone, you can you can hear in their voice, which is why I like my guests to do their own um oh my god, what am I trying to say? Their own intro. I couldn't yes. get the word out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 exciting to hear somebody say in their own words what they're passionate about and for me to hear, you know, these authors that I've admired and agents and publishing people to speak so passionately about their careers is inspiring. It gives me sort of that little boost every time to keep going. Yeah, it's it's constant motivation. It really is. Constant motivation because you hear so many different views on ultimately, you know, the same kind of idea, their story and what they have to tell. And it's amazing what people have to share. And it's something that we, I think that we have to share because Mm -hmm. we have this strong story inside us that has taught us something that can ultimately affect so many lives. And even if we affect only one person, that still feels amazing. Like we've done what we wanted yeah. to do. Well, exactly. And you never, you never know who's listening. Um, there's just been people who have reached out to me and I'm just like, oh, wow, I didn't even have any idea you were listening to the show. And so it's really cool to connect with people that way and to be able to help, you know, especially when it comes to writing. There's some expensive editing services that can be out there and there's some that are really great and some people that you know, are taking advantage and charging too much. So to save a writer, you know, ten to $20,000 is huge to be able to say, you know, trust yourself and hone your own editing skills and let's find you an accountability buddy and work together. And, and that's how you get good at something is that you practice and you don't always have to pay tons of money out to someone else to do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's, um, and it's great to hear. It really is great to hear because you hear these scary stories of like the publishing industry. And mm-hmm. it, in a way, it kind of makes you feel a little hopeless. And that's the opposite feeling that someone wants to feel when they want to write a book. Because Oh, exactly. It's kind of like it, it just turns you off and it's like we have so many things going on in our life anyway. Who wants to add that to the list? That's kind of gets thrown onto the list and it just keeps reappearing. And people just think, oh, I can't do that. I don't have time for that. That's the biggest thing. I don't have time for that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking about how many more books would be out there in the world if people knew that they could do this and it could be accomplished without, you know, breaking the bank so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> well, exactly. And I think, too, as a new writer, it was so overwhelming for me because I was listening to multiple podcasts. I was attending conferences. I was doing all this stuff. And I just, I learned so much, but it took up a lot of my time to learn what I needed to know to get the book done. So I, you know, I really wanted to create something with with the 
the radio show that they could tune in every week. It's 30 minutes and they get the down and dirty details from the authors, the agents, the publishers, you know, and a lot of it's helped me too. I mean, I've learned so much now and built way more confidence in my practice as a result of, of talking to all these people. Yeah. You really learn from so many other people. Mm -hmm. That's why community is so great. But, um, I just want to go back. I can't believe that like we're we're actually having this conversation today and I'm going to tell you what I actually had on my plan today besides talking to you was I'm actually co-author of a book that's coming out I believe next month and after that was my plan to actually write my own book. I have the idea in my head and everything and I'm like shit I don't know where to start. (laughs) It's so confusing and it's like okay money I don't even know how much I need. I've got no clue. And Mm -hmm. like I'm in this group of people and we're all in this together, but it's sometimes hard to keep up with that group and my own thing. Plus I work a job and I have Mm -hmm. a daughter and it's like, okay, and this is the kind of thing that like, I know I want to do this. I have the idea. I have everything exactly how I want to do it, but it's like, okay, publishing, don't know. (laughs) Money, don't know. So I'm going to use you here right now. Yeah. Yeah help me. (laughs) Tell me what are the basics because this is the perfect type of show, even just the start. The start is the hardest thing in my head. And I know a bunch of people listening to this. Again, I said so many people want to actually write. They have an idea. They have a story. And they even might even have an audience or friends and family who know that they are capable of doing this. And it's just the start. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, What are maybe the first couple of steps that you need to do to get this rolling after you already have an idea and a plan and a support of people? I think the first thing you need to do is really outline what specifically you're writing. So if it was, are you writing memoir or are you writing, you know, a how-to guide or? It's going to be a self-help book. I already have the idea. I've got everything done and I kind of want to make it into like a workbook so yeah. it is something that people can do as they go. Okay. So what you would want to do is start with an outline because you know what your main idea is. So you want to start with, you know, what is my goal here? What am I wanting to help people with? And you and you basically just really with pen and paper, and I always find with physical pen and paper, it's necessary when you're outlining. <laughs> yes, yes. So I agree. definitely getting you know, why am I doing this? Who do I want to serve? Um, you know, what are what are my expectations for this project too as well? And then, you know, how many, what's the basic of the outline? So you want to start off at the very beginning, you know, through each chapter and, and, and write out the steps. So if it's, you know, a 10-step program, for example, and even if it's not, it, it breaks it down into smaller segments. And then you'd want to write out, you know, each step and just very bullet point form. You're so, just going to bullet point form that kind of thing first. So is it going to be like a table of contents basically? Yeah. And then your bullet point for each chapter? Yeah. And then sort exactly. of filling it in as you go? 
Yeah. So you're really going to start off with, you know, you're going to have an intro and then go through and you really are essentially making like when we do science projects in school, the table of contents (laughs) (laughs) at the front of your duotang. (laughs) Oh my God. I remember those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you do that first and, and it gives you kind of an overview and you don't have to start at the beginning. If you know exactly how you want to end your book, write the ending for your book and then put it aside. And I always tell people, you know, when you do this outline, you'll have a really good idea of where you're going and and what message you really want to get across. You really want to be very clear on your message throughout the book and tie it in through each chapter. Because if you're jumping kind of all over the place, it's hard to follow for people. So the outline really ends up becoming part of your book proposal and which is jumping ahead a bit, but some people work on them simultaneously because your proposal is really going to be the whole outline for your book, as well as your marketing plan, um, you know, blurbs from other authors that you might pick up that you can put in as well, and samples of your writing. Because with nonfiction, especially when it's, you know, what you're writing, you don't have to have the whole book finished before you pitch it to an agent. You just want to have a few sample chapters. Uh, You want to have your platform numbers. You know, you want to get that going with Facebook, uh, Instagram, all your social media numbers, that kind of thing. And so really the best place to start is just to get down, write that little outline and then begin. And beginning is the hardest part because in our minds, we think it's going to take us more time than it actually is. So I always tell everybody to sit down and set a timer for 30 minutes, put on music that isn't distracting. But if you find that helps, I find music helps me a ton. And so I always listen to a soundtrack with no words and just say, you know, I'm just going to give myself these these next 30 minutes to write whatever, just anything. And the first thousand words might be total crap, but it's a thousand words written. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yes, I do. <laughs> not judge the writing as you're writing it. You have to really let go and just even closing your eyes and just type and type and type until, until you feel like you're at a point where you're like, okay, now I'm done. And don't even look at it. Save it in a file. Save it with the date and time of day and just you know, whether you have a a name for your book or you can just say manuscript, um, first draft, chapter one, and then the date and time, and then just keep it all organized. And then when you're, you know, you've written, you're going to want it to marinate. So you're going to leave it for a couple of days and then go back. Because when you try to edit in the moment, you're still in the emotion of what you've written. You're still, you know, trying to sort it all out. And I always find if I leave something alone, at least for a few days, when I come back to it, I catch little things, you know, that I miss the first go round, obviously. And, um, and I read it out loud. I always read it out loud. So for people that struggle maybe with making an outline on paper, my advice would be hit record button on your phone. Everybody's got the little microphone app on their iPhone or their Android and record yourself talking about what your book is, who you want to serve, what your outline is and the things almost like you're giving a TED talk. And then you're going to turn that, that voice memo into your first chapter. So yeah. there's, you know, there's lots of little tricks and ways you can kind of do it so that it's not as overwhelming. And 
And I know it's a lot because I, I mean, I have three kids and two dogs and a husband and <laughs> other jobs and, and it's a juggle, but you really have to get your ass in the chair and do it. There's no excuses. So when you're ready, it's like, okay, this is my writing time. Every day I'm sitting down at, you know, nine o'clock until 9.45 and that's just uninterrupted writing time. I'm going to disconnect my Wi-Fi and just write in a document until that time's over. Yeah, those are definitely some great tips. I had the idea for, for the outline. I can't remember. I, had, I looked it up and I'm trying to find, you know, simpler ways to do it. And the outline completely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel about, like, self-publishing? I have no idea how that, how that works as opposed to actually getting into, like, a big publishing company. Because I know that could be mm-hmm. really hard. <clears throat> I'm just curious. What are your thoughts on, on the two, like, comparison? Um, there's been, there have been people that have been very successful with self-publishing, but they built massive platforms beforehand. Uh, a few people that have self-published that I can think of, Gala Darling is one, Danielle Laporte. Uh, Jeff Brown also uh, decided to self-publish his own books, and he had a, a pretty big following as well. And I mean, he even had you know, a homeless man on the street selling his books for him in exchange. You know, he paid him to sell his books and he just, he really hustled to get the message out there. So I think it depends on the person. For me, I'm a traditional girl and I want to go through the traditional process. Um, I, I have friends that have been burned self-publishing. You know, the cost is is probably what gets them. Um, and there are some small presses now I feel like there's so many small presses that are so supportive and so amazing for new authors that to me that feels like the better option than self-publishing. I'm always going to toot the horn of the traditional process. (laughs) Um, So I'm maybe not the best person to ask about self-publishing, but from my experience, you know, speaking with people who have tried, what can happen is if you self-publish and, you know, even if you miss some spelling errors or anything like that, it's in a it's in print now. And so a lot of books, a lot of people don't know that many books go through seven passes with editors before they're traditionally published. Wow. So there's about seven <laughs> rounds of edits. And many people I know who have self-published, there's been no rounds of edits. <laughs> They've oh written my God. and they kind of just check the spelling and they're like, okay, I'm good. Um, But there's a process. There's a a process uh, for success, I believe, too. And I think you could go with a smaller press. You know, um, there's a book called Dog Medicine by Julie Barton. She came on my show and uh, she was trying to go the traditional route and her friend opened up a small press and he's like, take a chance on me. I want to publish your book. Um, And she was sold out on her first day of (laughs) pre-sales she was sold out before the book was even available and then penguin ended up picking her up and and so she transferred to penguin publishing and the book's being re-released this spring so i mean the small presses can be just as amazing to work with and really one-on-one you know you're going to get a little more focus on on your work with the people that you're going with uh and you know when you're going with the big five you still have an editor and and those kind of things but you could you know promotional wise it's really on the author no matter what route you go on so if you're self-published you know it's up to you to go to bookstores and ask them to carry your book and the other thing to consider is that your book is not listed in the catalog so when somebody goes to the computer at you know Barnes and Noble and and they look 
you won't be listed because you're self-published. Um, so in terms, I think if you have a, a very large pa- platform and in terms of platform, I would say, you know, well over a hundred thousand followers, very engaged and, you know, then I would say you could probably do self-publishing and do it really well, you know, like Jeff Brown and Danielle and, and Gala Darling. But I think there's a fear with the traditional. People are afraid, you know, it's a it's a process. It's going to take a couple of years. So uh, agents, when they see somebody has self-published, if the book was self-published and sold very well, then you're okay. If you self-published and the book did not do well, they're a little leery to work with you because they feel like you didn't have the patience to go through the process. Uh, so things to consider for sure when you're when you're kind of weighing the options on that route. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that'll make sense. Definitely makes sense. And um, yeah, I can see how the self-publishing would be a lot more. But like I said, I really don't know too much about either one. I'm kind of mm-hmm. in the be- beginning stages of learning all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are some of the smaller um, publishing companies? Like I know Penguin is, is big, but it hasn't been, right? I don't, like I've seen it a lot more lately, <laughs> but is it is it a growing one? Yeah, Penguin's pretty big. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so there's the, you know, there's like, they call them the big five. So there's Penguin, there's Random House, you know, and then they all have smaller imprints off of them as well. So each each publish, publishing house can have, you know, an imprint. I believe uh, L- Lena Dunham has just opened an imprint through, I think it's Random House. I hope that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and and so it's hers, but it's it's... a a partner with that company so the even the bigger houses you know they filter down and the smaller presses uh the one in particular I can think of because I just love Jeff Brown he's amazing um he has a small press like a grassroots publishing company and you know he's published poets uh Susan Freiborg Victoria Erickson and really beautiful work so I think in terms of whatever you're working on, whether you're a poet, whether it's nonfiction, a memoir, you know, you really want to research who's looking for that right now. And there's a fantastic website called manuscriptwishlist.com. And you can go on there and search for agents that are looking for, you know, a book on sausage making. (laughs) (laughs) you know that's a great barbecue. that's a great example yeah exactly <laughs> it's funny yeah so you know and it's listed with the agents saying exactly what they're looking for what they've liked in the past and so you can pinpoint the agents that you're going to approach when you're ready to pitch your novel so it's a really really amazing way to kind of find you know, make a list of your top 20 agents you want to reach out to. And then when you're writing, you want to write for you first and foremost, what interests you, how you can help people, what you're passionate about. You know, I couldn't write a book about sausage making because I hate sausages. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny how that just popped into your head. Oh, I know. It's the saucy side of me. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's just, 
there's so many options for people now. And I think some of the smaller presses are just, they're phenomenal. They're so supportive of their authors. When I do interviews with an author that's used a small press, you know, when I, when I interviewed Julie Barton, like her, they retweeted and they Facebooked it and they sent it out in the newsletter. They're really, really, really behind each and every author. And, um, another smaller one that is, super amazing. Um, Brooke Warner is involved and it's called She Writes Press. And uh, I had one of their authors on one of my very first shows, uh, Lean Fogelberg, and she wrote Beautiful Affliction about how she almost died from from a heart, um, a heart issue that went undetected. And so, I mean, there's, there's just an amazing variety of people that are passionate about books and they want to help you get published without you having to spend money to publish yourself. That's great. That's great. That, that, I mean, that was so much information. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Welcome. I, I took notes and everything. <laughs> My next question is, um, is like money wise, like what is someone looking at if they wanted to publish a book? Again, I have no clue. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure there's many different costs, but I really have no friggin' idea. So, I'm curious. <laughs> so, I will use myself as a b- very bad example. <laughs> okay. And um, I paid to go on a very expensive writing retreat with the hopes that, you know, I was going to show up and I was going to read my writing and, and, you know, the facilitator was going to say, you're so amazing. I'm calling an agent right now. We'll get you a six-figure book deal. You're done. (laughs) (laughs) That did not happen. I wrote half my book while I was there, but um, it just wasn't what I thought. Uh, There was no promise of that happening, but there, you know, I kind of was consistently relying on people. So that retreat was very expensive. It was um, 8,000 US dollars and I'm in Canada. So wow. like, it's a fair chunk for me. Mm-hmm. And um, But it was one of the best things I did for myself and my writing because I spent an extra five days in the area and just wrote, you know, I just really focused on writing and, and getting the story out. Cause the first draft is your angry draft that nobody's ever going to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. And, uh, so yeah, so I did that and then, you know, it was kind of a process. I joined some writing groups, but I really felt like I wasn't being nurtured. I wasn't being heard. I, you know, there was no setup of sort of an accountability buddy. Um, and there was only a monthly call. And so that really propelled me, you know, wondering, you know, I must need an editor to help me. So I was recommended to somebody who was both editor and book coach. And as a book coach, they were fantastic. You know, we got my book. I sat down and started writing last year in February. Uh, I wrote five chapters a week until June, which was way too many chapters <laughs> for a memoir. <laughs> memoir has a very specific word count. And so instead of having 80,000 words, I had over 200,000. So I had enough for three books. <laughs> wow. <laughs> great in one aspect, but I was going to pitch my book to agents, you know, within weeks. And here I had this monster to deal with to edit down. And I'm still in that process. So through that process, I spent, you know, over $10,000 with that person. And what I realized when I came out the end on the other side, I didn't need to spend anything, not a single thing. Every New York Times bestselling author that I have interviewed has spent nothing 
to write their book other than to be at home to write the book. <laughs> wow. They, um, and I think what I've learned is that your agent is, you're going to be developing a relationship with your agent. And I mean, it's not to say you shouldn't shell out a little bit to have an editor maybe go over and polish your work. I would say one to $2,000, you know, 3K max is what I would pay to have somebody do a very strong developmental edit. That's when they go in and they kind of check out the story and make sure everything's flowing. Uh, and this is specific to memoir. So it, it would be drastically different, I would believe, for nonfiction and 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 fiction as well might be similar to memoir. And so for me, I would say I would set aside, you know, two to 3,000 just to have a professional editor that you can, you know, you want to look at who's editing the books that you love and ask around to other author friends, you know, who edited, you know, did you have anybody do a pass of your book before you submitted to agents? And that would, that would be all I would say. I would honestly say, you know, invest your money in in renting a hotel for a week in writing if you're the type of person that wants to go and get a ton of writing done at once and then come home and have bits and pieces to work on, you know, in your downtime. Yep, that's me. (laughs) I like to go and not stop. Exactly. And so, you know, I think investing in yourself is, is the best way to do it. So you should always be taking writing classes. You should find a writing group that works for you. You know, I'm launching the Magical Writers Group, which is going to be, you know, really involved with writers. And we're going to do coaching calls and have guest experts and do things like that so that writers are getting all that info in one spot and the support and nobody's going to be left behind. So everybody has to get their book published that comes into the group. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I might have to check that out. Yeah, sure. I see it right here. Right? Yep. The Magical yeah. Writers Group. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, and that'll be launching in July. And, you know, it's a little bit of a self-plug, but I created it because I spent all this money that I didn't need to spend. And I'm like, holy smokes, there are people that, you know, they may be putting their life savings into trying to get this book off the ground and they may try to self-publish and they may end up with a garage full of books that they're not able to sell. And I don't want to see that happen to anyone. I want everybody to get their work out there because there's so many opportunities for writers now to get their work out into the world. And platform building has never been easier. Uh, We can connect, you know, through Facebook Live and Periscope and all these different things. So, you know, platform building doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg either. You know, don't buy likes. Don't buy Twitter followers. The publishers know that you've done that. <laughs> it's very yeah. obvious. I don't know um, why. I would never want to do that. It's just, it's it's not real. I think because the pressure came when a lot of the, the bigger, the big five, you know, will say, you have to have a significant following, especially for memoir and nonfiction. You have to have a significant following and guarantee, you know, how many how many book sales you're going to get. And and that determines your book deal as well, the amount of the cash advance you're going to receive. And so I think people panicked and they began buying followers and buying people on Facebook, buying likes. Um, and I would never recommend that. Don't ever do a, a campaign um, for likes. Just Just be yourself. Just keep putting yourself out there, you know, and just honestly post what you love and what you want to share in your whatever whatever sort of area that interests you you know I post about books and little witchy spells and things like that 
you know, and, you know, the sausage makers are posting yeah. sausages all over the internet. So it, just, <laughs> it just depends. But it, it comes when you love what you do and you have to let go of the numbers as well. And one of the best pieces of advice I got was from an author, um, Sari Wilson, wrote Girl Through Glass. And she said, I wrote my book first. I got it out there. I worked on building my platform when the book was with the publisher and, you know, going through edits because it takes one to two years for a book to kind of reach the final get on the shelf moment kind of thing. So you have time. Focus on the writing. Good writing trumps everything always and and it, you can't go wrong with doing that and it doesn't hurt to hire an editor to to polish it but I would say wait until you've you've written the whole thing okay all right so we're coming to the end here but I want you to I guess quickly do like a summary of like what we talked about so starting with like the outline and then the next thing would be maybe looking for that um, agent that you that you want to look for, right? So the manuscripts yeah. wishlist.com. So can you just quickly go through not, not explaining, but like the steps that we talked Absolutely. about. So the first thing, you know, you're gonna want to outline your novel, what subject matter you're you know you're going after, what's your message. You're gonna want to get your outline done first. And then carve out your writing time. You know, whether you I have a girlfriend who writes her books on the floor of the bathroom while her kids are in the bathtub mm-hmm. and someone else gets up at four AM and she writes for two hours before she leaves for work. I mean if you want it to happen, you just make it happen. So you carve out your writing time. Um, and then once you sort of get all your ducks in a row and you've written your work, you know, take a, take a pass through it. You're going to read through it once without making any edits at all, just to read and, and check the flow of the story and, and the story that you're telling, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, you want it, you want it to make sense. So you're going to read through it once yourself, and then you're going to go through with the red pen and make those edits and then have some beta readers, you know, reach out to friends, family, even fans, people that are really devoted fans on your social media networks, reach out and say, Hey, would you mind taking a pass through this and giving me some feedback? Um, People are always happy, happy to help with that kind of thing. And then once you've got to that point, you know, you can decide whether you want to hire an editor or need to. And I I recommend it for everyone. I think everybody needs somebody to go through. And once the editor returns your work, you're going to go through it again. So another pass. And, you know, depending on the editor, they might have you send it back and, and just do a cleanup again, little copy line edits to make sure everything's formatted properly. And then you're going to work on a query letter. So you're going to write a query letter, you know, talking about what, here's who I am. Here's what my book is about. Here is my experience and why I am the best person to write this book. And here's 10 sample pages. And you're always going to follow the submission guidelines on each agent's website. Every agent is a little bit different. Um, Most of them will take email queries, but they can be very specific. And then 
also the book proposal. So some agents may request a book proposal. That's a whole other beast in itself. It's almost like writing the book, but that's your guideline to help you stay on track when you're writing. So I recommend that the proposal is kind of part of that outline process and you work on that as you go and add to it and set up your marketing plan. You know, how am I planning on selling this book? What is my following? You know, uh, what events do I plan on doing? And not just, you know, wherever my publisher sends me for book signings I've got news for you you're going to do your own (laughs) so excuse me really really you have to have a plan in place you know I'm going to speak at this conference uh and as as um I'm going to this conference you know they've agreed to buy 500 copies for everyone in attendance and and so you're really just going to come up with that whole marketing thing and and just query agents send out you know make a list of 20 I think it's good to make a list of 20, send out either to 10 at a time or 20, because some of them you may not hear from for three to six months. So you're going to be kind of in a limbo spot. So once you send out the query, jump back on social media and start becoming the expert on your topic. Do webinars, do um, coaching calls, you know, open calls, and build, really build the list. It's all about building the list and get and getting that sort of momentum going and the more you talk about it the more you kind of are going to bring your book into reality too so for me you know I never shut up about my book (laughs) I'm always like okay we're in this process and we're in the final edit and then I'm going to send to agents so once you make your list you just follow the agent's guidelines you're going to send out your query and and the first 10 pages uh depending on your genre you're going to want to include the word count um and also really stick to those word counts. Try to stick with them, especially if it's a first book. Um, in terms of nonfiction, you know, it, it's a sliding scale. So there's not, you know, it's a little different. You're going to, for nonfiction, you would put together the book proposal with sample pages and layouts of, of how you plan to execute it. And then once you query an agent, um, they'll approach you. So a lot of agent, you know, depending on who comes to you you could have a few offers you could have one you could have none you're going to make a list of 20 more people and you just keep putting it out there and some of them won't give you feedback you'll get a rejection form like form rejections they call them but always you know always thank them for their time always be nice never answer a rejection with how dare you this is the best work of my life (laughs) (laughs) they don't forget and they're all friends Yeah, right. (laughs) It's amazing how quickly word spreads and they all work together. So, you know, if you're querying an agent, if they even if they pass, sometimes they will pass it to their friends. You know, I pitched to three agents who said, I I'm not doing this right now, but I know somebody who would love to. And that's an in for you to be able to use that referral and say, you know, this agent recommended that I reach out to you. I met them at the Writer's Digest conference. You know, it it bumps you to the front of the line. Um, And they receive, you know, hundreds of emails a day for some over a thousand submissions per day from people. So you have to make yourself stand out. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So really once you, you know, when, 
an agent comes to you, you know, they'll talk about your work and you really want to choose somebody that you would want to be best friends with um, because you're going to work very closely together on your work. And this is, you're building a lifelong relationship with this agent, hopefully. Um, and they'll be helping you build your brand. So you really want to choose somebody that's in alignment with your beliefs and that you feel is just as passionate about your work. And if you connect with somebody, an agent, and it's not, you know, if it feels like it's not working out, you're you're always allowed to, you know, say, maybe it's best if I move on. I think I want to move in a different direction. And you just always leave things in the friendliest manner possible. And your agent's going to champion for you. They're going to approach editors for your book um, with different houses. And if there's enough interest, you know, if someone has uh, even if they don't have a platform and they just have this really amazing book, they're going to go into book auction. And so then, you know, they they bid to have your book. So, you know, six or seven or 10 or more editors are going to come together and they have to make the best bid for your book. And the advice I'm going to say here is in the event that you are offered the elusive six-figure book deal, which everybody, <laughs> it's like, ah, oh. <laughs> I'm going to say, unless you can guarantee that you are going to sell that six-figure amount in copies, do not take that amount. Take something less. One, you will impress them. And two, in the event that the book didn't sell well and you've taken six figures and here you are, you know, you sold, you know, hundreds of dozens of copies, <laughs> not <laughs> hundreds of thousands, you will have a very hard time getting a secondary book deal. So my advice has been, and an advice I've been given, is to always sometimes go for the lower deal. Because you can make the royalties after, you can negotiate that part, but that first lump sum that you are offered, you know, you really have to bring it if you're going to be, if you're being offered six figures, I mean, you're going to have to really hustle to get that book publicity, to, to get copies sold. I mean, it's that's a lot of pressure for a new author. So I always say, you know, sometimes it's better to take the less lesser amount and and blow blow them away knock their socks off and then they'll it, it really builds a rapport too that for your next book you'll get more because you were able to sell that and you'll also have a following built up too so always always something to keep in mind and not to be discouraged when you hear people saying I got a six-figure book deal and I'm like that's so great I hope I hope it works out I really want it to for every author but uh, I don't want any new author to feel discouraged when they hear people talking about numbers because if you write and you love to write, that should be all that matters. You know, I'm not in writing for the money, clearly, <laughs> <laughs> but I just love it so much and I love a great story and I love learning through books, you know, self-help and memoir. I mean, I'm just, I'm passionate about it and if if you're if you feel that way too, then write and, and, you know, don't worry about the money. That's yeah, my. Yeah, yeah. I really feel, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, they're not really in, in it for the money. You know, it's, it's kind mm -hmm. of a plus and if you make some, great. But I think it's just a platform, really, yes. <clears throat> to then push you forward and get you more publicity on the other things that you're doing. Exactly. And I mean, you, 
when you write a book, it's that's your book forever and it's out there and you don't ever stop selling. When when you have a book coming out, you know, there's a lot of momentum, especially in the book industry. A book that is 5 months old is considered old. So <laughs> it's like it's like the new, you know, 70-year-old marrying a 20-year-old. So <laughs> your book is, your book is a tw- is 20 for about you know, five months and then all of a sudden you're over 50 and getting divorced and being left for somebody younger. So yeah, <laughs> in terms of that, really, you have to, you have to always be hustling your, your work and selling it. So if you're going to speaking gigs, you should always have boxes of books to sell at the back of the room. You know, if you're hosting an event, you always bring your books with you and you sell copies. You, I think every author keeps a box of their books in the back of their car because <laughs> They could be at the diner and say, I wrote a book. And so he says, I want to buy it. And you're like, well, it's your lucky day. They're in the back of my truck. (laughs) But you never know where you're going to be. So, you know, you always want to be promoting yourself and not in a sleazy way, but just, you know, there's no harm in it. And there's no harm in asking friends and family to help as well. And, you know, you're going to make industry connections and, and ask your friends, you know, would you, you know, would you mind doing a little blurb for my book? And it's very easy to connect with other people in your industry and build these relationships. I think it's so important. It's crucial to be collaborative and instead of competitive. Yeah, that's so true. It's so true. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this call. It was so much fun. So oh, it much was fun. So fun. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. Yes. So tell us where we can find you. And I also want to hear the name of your book and your podcast so that people can jump on over there and get some more info if they're really into doing this. And I'm sure you have so much more on there. So please yeah. share. Well, my website is um, my name. So it's crystalleequibel.com. So crystal with a C and then L-E-E. And the last name is Q-U-I-B-E-L-L. So crystalleequibel.com. And on there, you can connect and sign up for um, the Magical Writers Group if you're interested when it's going to launch in July. And uh, then also my show is Literary Speaking, and it airs every Tuesday currently at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can find that through my website as well. There's a little tab, or you can visit vividlife.me, where the show is currently hosted. And uh, I'm under the radio Vivid Life Talks. And you can see Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibble, where I speak with publishing professionals and just really helping new authors, uh, aspiring authors, actually you know find out all the all the goody inside info tips to get published all right great thank you so much i'm definitely checking that out because i am a podcast junkie and i have plenty of time to listen to shows while i'm at work in the morning so uh, (laughs) consider me a new subscriber this afternoon (laughs) i'm so excited well thank you again for having me and honestly if any of the listeners have any questions please contact me through my website i'm always happy to help people and and send you in the right direction so absolutely i'm definitely going to um put all of this information up and have a direct link right to you. So thank you. Thank you for talking and we'll speak soon. All right. Great. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. Wasn't that just a juicy show? It was so full of information and she's so knowledgeable about this subject. And I was so glad to bring it to you. I just realized I said so like three many times. That shows you 
how excited I was to bring this show to you. So you definitely need to check out Crystal if you are wanting to write a book or just start writing or improve it or find other people who are in the same boat as you. You need to check out her website at crystalleequible.com. And in there, she's got writing resources, and you can listen to her show as well. She's got a podcast on a different platform, which is really cool. So check that information out. As always, if you liked the show, if you loved the show, please check it out. I should say, please rate it, review it, share it on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you may listen to it. And come on over and join the MamaCast Facebook group where I post the shows every Sunday and we chat and we get to know each other. It's a real community over there. I have so much fun in it. So if you are not a part of that, I don't know why, get your butt over there and check it out. Until next week, oh, just so you know, we only have, I believe it's one more show left for the season. So I do apologize jump in on that Facebook group where I'm going to keep that stuff going until the next season. Thank you guys for being here. I enjoy you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.